Hi guys, my name is Jason L. Parker and welcome to the Engage Athletics Leadership Podcast. Yes, this is the show that's all about helping ADs and coaches find their way. Here we'll discuss clarity, goal setting, best practices, and everything in between. We want you to thrive internally with our families and in our positions as ADs and coaches. Enjoy the show. So this month's topic is Striding Despite Scandal, and we've got a great interview with Coach Aaron Daniels from Tecumseh High School talking about a particular scandal that he's overcome. But before we get into that, I want to let you know what's going on uh, in Engaged Athletics for the month of September. And I'm excited to announce that we have now establish a consistent schedule that we want to produce content for you all. And on every Tuesday, each Tuesday uh, of the month, you can look for new content. The first Tuesday of the month, we will release a podcast. And each following Tuesday, you will receive either a blog or a podcast. Guys, you can connect with this info by linking up with us on our LinkedIn page in our LinkedIn group which is called Engage Interscholastic Leadership Group, or you can go to engagedathleticleadership.com. All this content is free, and we hope that it helps you in your journey as a coach and athletic director. Uh, Please, please, please share it. Please like it, uh, and that helps to keep us going. So that's what's going on for the month of September. All right, so I'm super excited about today's show uh, with Coach Aaron Daniels. He gives us so much insight on striving despite scandal, and it's a great episode. But first, I have to get you guys your extra point of of the day. And today's extra point is Coach and Athletic Director Magazine. Guys, if you're looking to improve, if you're looking to uh, get better and constantly hone your skills, Obviously, uh, this podcast is a great way to do this, but Coach and AD Magazine is my go-to for content, for learning about um, new tricks of the trade, uh, and to just read up on everything from legal components to how to make our teams better, uh, how to make our programs better, how to deal with people and situations. It's a great magazine. I actually... Uh, write for them now as well so you can check out more content from me at Engage Athletics Leadership but even when I'm not in there it's a great magazine and we hope you guys will support it so coaching AD magazine now let's get on to the interview Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Engage Athletics Leadership Podcast, where we're here to engage athletic leaders, athletic directors, uh, coaches, anybody involved with with the administration or the the how to um, of athletics at the high school level. And I'm so excited today. I'm going to get right into it because we have an outstanding guest. Um, a guy that is my friend, a guy whose whose career I've kept up with and and had fun watching 
and really enjoyed his meteoric success. He was a 2017 Conference Coach of the Year. Uh, he w- he is known as and credited as having turned around uh, or having authored one of the greatest turnarounds uh, last year in, in boys basketball here in, in Oklahoma. Uh, like I said, my good friend and esteemed coach, Aaron Daniels. Coach Daniels, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Jason, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that great intro you just gave. This is actually our our little second go around. We had some audio difficulties the first time, and I appreciate Coach. I appreciate you, uh, your willingness to to be flexible and, and get this done right. No doubt about it, man. Any, anything for a good for a good man like yourself, and then anytime we can sit here and we can bounce some ideas off one another, I'm all game. Well, awesome, Coach. Our our topic for this month is striding despite scandal and so we want to talk to athletic directors and coaches about some things they can do to maintain their stride um, even when school scandals pop up and so what we're really meaning is um, equipping coaches and athletic directors with some tools to keep their focus to keep their passion to to maintain their vigor even when these issues that are becoming so prevalent uh, pop up in schools, whether it's a school down the street, uh, a school in the news, or in those very hard times when when this come, when the scandals come to our front door. But before we get into that, I really want uh, to take a moment and, and let you introduce yourself to the audience. Okay, I will do. Well, I am Aaron Daniels, as uh, Jason Parker just let you all know. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm an inner city kid. Uh, Played ball at Central High School, um, graduated in 2007. I went to college at Murray State College down in Tishomingo, Oklahoma, two years of junior college. Then I went to USAO, uh, University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma, where I finished my playing career and got my degree back in. And later that year, I started my coaching career as an assistant coach on the girls basketball staff down in, uh, in Muskogee, Oklahoma, at Muskogee High School. I was there from 11 to 16 for five seasons. I was a part of a really good crop of talent. So it was, it was just a really good run during those years. And um, I got to ascend to the ranks of a head coach in August of 2016 when I uh, was offered the job at Piedmont High School. And I was there for two years. And now I am the head boys basketball coach at Tecumseh High School. So I'm, um, I'm making my way through through the profession and trying to pick up as much as I can along the way. Coach, you're one of the guys I admire most, especially as a young coach, uh, because you did it the right way. There are so many coaches now that, that want to have this uh, fly-by-night uh, ascendance through the, to the throne, if you will. And I was so proud of the way you, you, you paid your dues, you took your time, uh, you served in that assistant role admirably for a great coach and a great team down in Muskoka. You guys probably should have walked away with a gold ball with, with that talent, and I know you got really close but I just admire um, your willingness to, to take your time to, to really get the learning uh, before you decided to, to jump into that head coaching role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, if, if people are being honest, I think any coach can honestly say that when when they first got started, I know I did. I thought I knew a little more than I did. Um, I thought the ways that I had that I had learned and the ways the methods and approaches that were used on me as an athlete when I was playing was the only way for it to get done. And I learned very quickly that there are, you know, multiple ways to skin a cat. So as soon as I got down to Muskogee, 
um, I got to be, I was the baby on board. Right. You know, I was the youngest on the staff by far, you know, not, not to date anybody, right. but, uh, it put me in a position, put me in a position of where I had to sit back and watch, watch the, the veterans, how they worked, how they communicated with those girls and, uh, how they went about their business and their ways were so different from what I was used to, but it was so effective. So I had to humble myself and say, okay, there is actually room for me to grow and exactly. room for me to learn. And I think, I don't, I don't think I've uh, shot that. I don't think I've shot down that opportunity. since then. Definitely coach. And so one of the things I was so excited about was to see, um, your your coming onto the scene as a head coach in 2017 and with great success as I mentioned earlier but what a lot of people don't know is that you went through some scandal yourself last year and we got great news that and I thought you were a great guest for today for the very fact that you were able to overcome that scandal and so can you can you Mm -hmm. walk us through that a little bit with the 2017 and the things you went through Yes, um, I was in my second season as a head coach, and um, I ended up. If if I'm if I'm being honest, without giving the gory details, I ended up um, making the wrong making the wrong parent mad at me. You know, I, I know many coaches who have been in this business for for however long can attest to to the fact that you know your methods are not always going to be understood. They're not always going to be welcomed by by not just parents but anybody who's affiliated or unaffiliated with your program and in my case um um you know being a little bit too much a little bit too difficult on a particular kid in the minds of 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 a parent or two and um you know that kind of gave them an axe to grind as they say Mm -hmm. now looking looking at myself in the mirror from an accountability standpoint i uh definitely um had some had some lapses in judgment which put myself out there vulnerably and it made it to where um I, i created I created some material to be used against me if someone were to have, mm-hmm. and that ended up that ended up getting me fired right before the holiday break um, in December of 2017. And it was one of those deals where uh, you know that it can happen, but you don't truly right. know until it happens right. to you. Well, well, and that was I was one of those. Well, yeah, and I mentioned to you earlier that um, I went through an OCR investigation during my first year at my current. Uh, school and it was based in uh, dis- against on a claim of discrimination uh, that we are discriminating mm-hmm. um, against particular groups of students and obviously you know I'm like this is totally untrue but it's still shocking mm-hmm. nonetheless like you said it's one of those things you know can happen um, as far as you being blamed or uh, being a party to a suit um, but nevertheless, these things can, can end up on our front door. And, and that, that suit was summarily dismissed quite quickly, but at the same time, it, it changed me going forward. You know, I vowed to be better going forward. So this was obviously a tough deal for you going from coach of the year, being credited for this turnaround, and then all of a sudden being dismissed during uh, the season. Uh, can you talk about uh, the you said you mentioned putting yourself out there, uh, kind of giving them mm-hmm. some some fodder, which was ultimately used to to fire you. Can you talk more about in detail in that specific situation? Yes, I had uh, my student athletes in in a group 
a group chat and I had my assistant coaches in there too. Um, and, and it was, it was originally used as a channel through which I got information out to my, to my boys and to my coaches about practice times, practice locations, and, and any, any changes in what our day-to-day operations were going to be. But um, as time went on, as I got to know those boys a bit more and as they got to know me and as we both, both sides got more comfortable with one another, I allowed that, uh, that forum to become more mm-hmm. casual and it became, it became more of a guy talk kind of, mm-hmm. kind of setting which would be appropriate if we were all right. the same age, you know, but I'm, I'm grown. My coaches are grown and those guys were and still are kids. And as far as the chain of command goes, I'm supposed right. to be the boss. And, you know, I'm, I've got my employees. Um, I, I'm communicating with them as if we are right. peers. And you know, that, that was, that was um, a big mistake right. on, on my behalf. And, you know, it was, it was a lapse in judgment. And I, I showed some of my inexperience when it came to that. And, um, my my choice of words you know i definitely was using some profane language in that group in that group text um of course i wasn't the only one but i'm the right. one that mattered and um you know like i said whenever whenever things whenever the going got tough and um you know i gave some people some ammunition to use against me and it it, it got me and it also it hurt my assistant coaches too they were like collateral damage right. in the whole deal and so i'm very I hate that it went down like that, but I learned about it. Well, one of the things we talk about this month is uh, when we're talking about striding, keeping your stride despite scandal, is how uh, we can avoid scandal altogether. And one of the reasons we're on this topic, and I appreciate your your willingness to share that, is because I think we can help so many coaches and ADs with this this topic and with this type of information. Because as you said earlier, nobody Mm -hmm. thinks it can ever happen to them. But here's the key. Um, there are some ways, obviously, that now that you've gotten a, another job and, and you've become a head coach again, uh, obviously, you're going to approach this better the next time. And so one of the things we talked about this month was how to avoid scandals altogether. And one of the ways mm-hmm. we know to do that is through the systems we can set up. And so as I and I was right. I, uh, the OCR or somebody filed an OCR against our athletic department some years ago, alleging discrimination. And so as a result, we have our tryout process differently to avoid mm-hmm. that situation. So we've set up systems to avoid that same scandal. What systems have you set up, coach, uh, to kind of keep you and those people you're responsible for uh, out of that type of situation? Well, the I did is I'm pretty sure you're you're familiar with with Remind 101. Yes, right. And and it, that that's uh that's um that's a more that's a more safely guarded form of communication where I have the contact information of my players in in uh, the Remind 101. But it's one way contact. I'm the I'm the the facilitator and the author, and I'm only sending out messages that are business related That's awesome. to where I cannot, I, I cannot receive responses from the guys. And I ask my athletic director to be a part of the group so he can that's see awesome. every single thing that's sent out. And uh, it's, it's worked for me so far. That's awesome. And I'm just determined. Yeah. And I want to be realistic about it. Cause I, I'm never, nobody's ever going to shoot 100% from the field coach. Right. Just, just like nobody's ever going to stay totally away from something coming at them even if we try to create an infrastructure right. that's bulletproof nothing is but right. i think the least we could do is follow protocol to where you know if we're doing it right i think uh administration will advocate for us in the heat of the Definitely. battle whenever if, if things start to hit the fan well one of the things i talk about is 
how we uh, set up these systems and how we invite collaboration. Anytime you invite other people mm -hmm. into your, your, your space, whether it's a basketball team or a baseball team or whatever, um, they can then vouch for you. And they can say these systems are set up. And the systems themselves vouch for you because it, it, whether you're brought before a court of law or before um, you know, your administrators, the fact that you've, you have put something in place that is aiming at um, you know, preventing this from happening shows your due diligence. So it shows it was something you are concerned about. But as you said, nothing's 100%. Absolutely. But this is just that first uh, barrier of protection, if you will, that coaches and athletic directors mm -hmm. can apply um, and so it's, it's so important to look into your systems. Um, secondly, you know, we approached striding despite scandal from the situation of how we prepare ourselves, how we, and I, mm -hmm. and I refer to it as priming how, how on a daily basis, what are the personal habits that we put in place to keep us at our best or to even just keep us sane? Because let's be honest, a lot of coaches and ADs are leaving the profession, and it's because they didn't get into the profession to be lawyers and HR directors and, and FBI investigators. They, they got into it to coach mm -hmm. kids and help kids be better people. And so all of a sudden, when you're dealing with all these scandals that can pop up and from any direction, it's enough to drive you crazy. It's enough to push you over the edge. And so one of the things mm -hmm. I want to know is, uh, what are some, well, not just, I just, I don't want to approach it from the situation simply, uh, how do you prepare yourself better now? Because that's something we'll get into. But there was a time period, coach, where after you were dismissed, because I know you, mm -hmm. that you were away right. from the game. And so what during that time period kind of, uh, what part of your life became highlighted to, to, to say, hey, this is what's truly important to me? Wow. I mean, that, that's a great question. And um, th this is this may sound like a very cliche answer, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Right. Family. Right. I mean, that, that was big. And a, and a lot of the reason why I say that is because, um, you know, if if something had to happen, if, if something like this had to happen, it was at a very bad time because uh i'm a big old daddy's right. boy man and and my, my dad was in the hospital he was down and out for about I 70 days and it was supposed to be yeah see and it was supposed to be just five days wow. but he was down way longer than that and um it just kind of it, it forced me to do a better job of salvaging some personal right. relationships that had nothing to do with right. the sport and um the, the more that i was away from the game that allowed me more right. leisure time and so I had to actually think about how I was right. going to spend that. Cause you know, I think men, I think people period, but particularly men, and I can speak from that perspective because me, you and I are both men. I think we are creatures of habit. And once we get into, you know, the regular, the, the regular day to day, we figure out what works for us and we get locked into it. But basketball was a big part of that. And once it was taken from me, I had to figure out what to do right. with myself. And so that allotted me a lot of time, a lot more time to spend with my family. So I, I made more trips to Tulsa mm -hmm. and back to go visit, visit not only my dad in the hospital, but, you know, my mom who was there by his side every day and my brother. And, you know, I started to really work on um, making do or making up for for some time that I may not have been as responsible about uh, when it came to salvaging those. That's awesome. And I want everybody out there listening to hear what Coach Daniels is saying here. 
Because when we talk about dealing with scandals, it, we bring ourselves into the scandal, meaning who we are as people. And when you're off balance, you're not in a good position to handle any scandal. And so when we reverse engineer the situation, coach, the more uh, and, you know, we're all competitors, we're all come from an athletic background. And and even like yourself, when you get to experiencing some success, you just want more of it. And so you dig in even yeah. even more and you say, I'm going to go win that state championship and you end up overworking yourself and you get out of balance. And so when we reverse engineer this and even while we're performing at a high level, begin to keep that balance, maintain those relationships that are important to us or whatever it is. It could be exercise. It could be reading. It could be calling your dad, as you said, uh, whatever those things are that that keep you in that state of balance and truly make you happy and are ultimately important to you. Those are the things we got to continue to maintain. And, and I'm so happy to hear you say that. And I'm hoping that going into this season, that's going to continue to be a priority for you. Oh, no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm reinvigorated now. You know, I'm, I'm driven and I've always been, but I'm motivated for a different reason and in a different way this time around. Of course, yeah, from a coaching standpoint, I want to prove that I can that I can do this again. But um, I, I can remember when I first walked into my first year as a head coach, I was so excited, so elated. Um, and I was so gung ho about getting right to the business and I wouldn't and I wanted to spend as much time in that gym every single day. I could block out anything that wasn't that and be singularly focused on basketball. But now I'm, I'm, I'm more calm because I know that there are so many other things that go into running a program that have exactly. nothing to do with coaching basketball. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm attacking it from a different angle. Um, I've done a lot of work on myself personally. I've eliminated some habits that uh, were detrimental to to my last position. And uh, I just think I'm in a better space right. mentally than I was the last time around. And plus, I'm a year older. And, you know, we're all right. we're, we're ever changing and we're always evolving. So I think right. I'll be better for it this time around. Yeah. No. And like I said, even in the in the scandals that I've been through, there 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 are a pain to go through. But ultimately, we can get better from them. They make us better. And so I'm so happy to hear. And, and you know me, man, my, my, if I can bring anything to this podcast and to this movement, as far as the engaged athletics leadership, it's to teach other athletics leaders balance, you know, cause we can get carried away. Um, but man, I'm so happy to hear you say that coach, but moving on um, the, the other um, aspect from which we approached this, the subject striding despite scandal was to remember our values. And I, I equate values or I touch on values from two perspectives. And the first perspective is the value that you bring to the organization. And here's the premise. If every day we're focused on the value and bringing value to our organization, when we get in the midst of a scandal, we're going to be able to demonstrate our competency. We're going to be able to demonstrate our worth. So just to throw out an example, if you're a, if you've won a head couple, uh, if you're a head coach and you've won a couple state championships and a scandal comes up, you're probably going to be able to weather that storm re instead of if you're, you know, like yourself, who was a first year head coach. And so if you, mm -hmm. if you talk, can you talk a little bit about, um, the how you see yourself bringing value to your organization now? 
Yeah, I, I think I bring value from the standpoint of me being still relatively close in age to uh, the oldest players in my program because I'm 29 years old. Um, and, you know, obviously the oldest players in my program are, are 18. So, you know, I've got value because I, I say I, I put value in that because I've been a kid before and you have to. And for some reason, um, anybody who was relatively close in age to me, and if they were adult, an adult, I had an easier time receiving information and tutelage from because I just felt like they could identify directly to some of the situations that I was in. So I think I have that working in my favor. And then secondly, having been around the block a time or two, you know, I, I've, I've been hired as a head coach now and I've been fired as a right. head coach now. So I know a little, a little something about both ends of it. And, uh, and I think just like, you know, just like we tell players, you got to know your limitations. I think you also got to know how good you are, know what you right. bring to the table. And so I, I know what it takes to, uh, to be successful on the court. Uh-huh. As, as from a coaching standpoint and also as an athlete and also know what it takes. Um, I know what it takes to, right. to be a champion because I got to experience that as a player too. So bringing, bringing that knowledge base into, into a program um, and, and, and that knowledge to bestow upon the young guys, I think that right there is a lot of value and the rest of it is going to be proven because, you know, kids, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So it's back to that relationship aspect that you spoke so eloquently about a couple of moments right. ago. Well, man, I, I think that's huge is just like you said, knowing what your strengths are. So now we can um, just leverage them even more. But the second way we talk about knowing your values is how we value relationships. And you touched on that a bit. But in our blog, I, I really talk about all types of relationships. And the premise is um, our, our relationships are ultimately going to vouch for us when we're in, a, in a, a scandal, excuse me. And so if you're in the midst of, mm -hmm. of, of a scandal or allegations against you or maybe even the way you go about your job or the way uh, your department is ran, there, there's certain uh, right. how you handle and value relationships whether it's the person that walks into the office to ask a question uh whether it's the the mm -hmm. the coaches that that you love interacting with or those parents that maybe you don't like interacting with i mean you mentioned mm -hmm. that it was ultimately your dismissal ultimately was the result of having a bad relationship uh with somebody and, and not not saying that that's mm -hmm. your fault but we all have those those relationships that we yep. have to manage. How has going through and surviving this scandal, Coach, changed the way you value relationships across all sides of the spectrum? Well, if I can be honest with you for a moment, uh, immediately my immediate response to the whole to the whole scandal was to right. put my guard up. You know, and and whether that's healthy or not, that was you know you can't control what you feel necessarily, and that was my that was my immediate emotion. Uh, shortly after that was just to start, you know, keep as many people at a distance that were outside of my inner circle. And uh, but but, you know, I had to be true to me. And that's not really who I am. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a people person. That doesn't mean that I have to be a totally open book to everybody. But I'm, I'm not I wouldn't consider myself to be an introvert. I don't I don't duck and hide, you know, um, but it made me think, OK, when I'm in business mode, when I'm at work, I have to be business oriented right. first. And then we'll handle the personal stuff after the fact. But uh, I do like the point that you that you talked about a couple of words ago when you said even if it's somebody that walks into your office 
that um that may not mean as much to your right. operation you know in other words in my mind where i went when i heard you say that is right. the little people and um you know i think of people like the cafeteria right. ladies you know the, those those that, that speak to you every day and may give you a little extra right. food on your plate when you come in here to eat it's important to remember those folks you know even even the custodians who keep your facilities ready to, exactly. to operate in from day to day you know, in, in very thankless right. positions, you know, I, I value those relationships too. I make sure I go out of my way to speak to them and, uh, you know, give them a hug. And, and it's not me being, you know, politically correct or playing the PR game. It's, it's, listen, I want them to understand that this operation couldn't run right. quite as smoothly if it wasn't for what you do. And so even though I may not have time to sit down and write you an essay letter, I want you to know. Oh, that definitely coach. It. And it's not just about the fact that, when you develop these relationships, these people could ultimately vouch for you one day. But also it's the mindset that that you go about your job. If you're approaching each relationship with value, uh, you're going to be more careful and more intentional about how we're going about our job. So I love to hear you say that. But real quick, Coach, I want to get our final question as it relates to, to you and, and what you went through. What is your biggest takeaway mm-hmm. On, on on the scandal itself and and surviving it what what is the biggest thing you've taken away from that the biggest thing i took away from it is you can work your butt off to get something or to get in a position and it doesn't take any time to lose it if you don't manage it right you know oh. and um i'm you know these words these words taste kind of badly coming out of my mouth but i think there's you know so much time has passed since the the those events all the way to now to where i think i can honestly say that i think i took that position for granted you know i think i may have gotten a little a little careless in my dealings and and i may have thought to some degree that i was that i was a little untouchable oh. and so um and and that kind of reflected in that kind of reflected in some of my dealings so so now I cherish the fact that not only do I have a job, but this is a second uh, chance. That, and people don't have to give right. you second chances, you know. And um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm truly blessed because a lot of people, a lot of people say, "Yeah, man, you may have to take a year out of it, man." Or, "Yeah, man, you may have to go assist somebody, go help somebody for a year," which I'm not opposed to. I, I was I was definitely considering that because I wanted to be in the right. business. Period. But I hung in there, and 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 God blessed me with another another chance to do it right and i'll be darned if i go out the same way as i did the last coach we can end the podcast right there that that that's audio (laughs) gold i mean because listen if somebody's listening to this podcast they're probably a high performer you know i mean if you're Mm -hmm. taking some of your personal time to listen to to something that's potentially going to make you better you're probably pretty good at your job but the thing is, we can get caught up in that. We can get caught up in the fact that, hey, I'm so good, you know, and, and kind of get the big head, kind of get prideful, if you will. And so I'm so happy to hear you say that, you know, you've overcome that. And even despite that, and, what, and one of the things you said earlier was pivotal, that you have other people dependent on you. And so. The day to day is so important, guys, what we do. And like I try to teach all the time, how we wake up from that moment, we wake up how we're preparing ourselves. And so, man, that's that's awesome. Um, Like I said, that's audio goal. But before we get out of here, I I got my three to go. And uh, since you're a basketball guy, we'll we'll say this is a three three pointer uh, at the buzzer. But our last three questions of the day. First, coach. How do you improve yourself? 
Wow, that 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 right there is a is a is a broad question. I, I'll tell you, a, a lot of what I do is related to something else because uh, I, I work out physically and I, I like to get it in at least three out of every five days you know and what that does for me number one physically it, it helps me keep my body in shape you know i from an ego standpoint i want to at least look like i used to do this before you know what i mean and i love to eat so you know and, and the older you get the food just doesn't fall off you quite like it used to um so that that's number one it, it helps me it helps me physically stay in tune but mentally it's such a release and um you know i, I think coaches and anybody who who is a diligent worker, no matter what, uh, what profession they're in, you have so much on your plate at one time, which means that you're thinking about so many different things at once and an escape from all of those things. I think at least for me anyway, is healthy. And when I'm in that gym and I can plug in those earphones and I can, uh, put, put on whatever, whatever music I'm in the mood to hear that day while I'm in there throwing weight around, it just, it refocuses me. It's therapeutic. And I don't, I don't have a care in the world, it was 45 minutes or however long I'm in that weight room. So that's the first thing. And number two, man, I, I don't know how, I don't know, to each their own, but I don't know how people get through day to day without listening to music. Right. I mean, some of us, probably some of the, my best times during the day uh, are when I'm in that vehicle right. when I'm driving to work or I'm driving home <laughs> from work. So, you know, I'm, I'm cranking up. I'm in there singing terribly. You know what I mean? Don't, don't let me rapping. pull up on side. You see you grooving in the car at 5, at 5 p.m. You know what I mean? Coach. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to tell you and, and, and my playlist is extensive so there ain't no telling what I think the car rocking. And then, and then, yeah and then lastly this right here um, I catch myself sometimes even when a marquee game is on TV sometimes no matter what sport it is um, I won't even be in sports mode in my mind right then I may be watching Netflix or something that has nothing to do with sports and you know some shows or some things that that other people may consider to be kind of corny or whatever but it, it it's enough of a disengagement for me to not burn myself right. out mentally and and I think I wake up every day um ready to hit the ground running because I I don't feel like I left everything in yesterday and so those things just they they kind of help me keep pushing and since it ain't broke <laughs> i'm gonna keep that. rolling with it for well now. question number two is how do you prime yourself daily so this is if this was a perfect day uh how you choose to to one thing you choose to do that just gets you ready whether it's um get you ready to be your best whether it's um like you said that strength feeling strong or feeling p at peace mm -hmm or feeling rested what mm -hmm. what what do you do to prime yourself daily and how often do you go about doing it this good this may this something else that may sound real elementary but i got to eat breakfast that's every awesome morning i've got to i mean i mean like i said a while ago creatures of habit so you know i, I that's probably the only meal that i cook every morning i gotta have my six egg oh. whites i gotta have my two packs of oatmeal i gotta have my two slices of turkey bacon and i gotta have uh, my two slices of cinnamon raisin toast and my coffee how I'm often do you get that in coach i you know what i get that in i get that in probably four probably that's four awesome. days a week that's awesome because uh, yeah man so and it it because here's the go. deal and this is one of the things i want people to learn with this podcast we all know the habits we all know the things that make us feel good and make us run right but we just don't do them mm -hmm. that often you know our schedules are yeah. crazy you could have a game and mm -hmm. and lo and behold you know the bus breaks down and you don't get home till 12 but we have to mm -hmm. have those things in place i'm so happy to hear you say that 
that you do it with that much consistency, man, I, I might have to start doing that. You got me fired up. So, Coach, the last <laughs> question is why do you coach? And like I mentioned to you earlier, we, we all know the generic, you know, we, we're here to coach kids, and that's a great answer. But there's something in our past that got us here, right? And I want athletic leaders everywhere to connect with themselves to really identify their identity and identify their why. You know, when I talk about it, for me, um, it was the, the, the excellence, the going above and beyond as an athlete that, that pushed me uh, to, to go to, to, to be a, a, an All-American, to be a professional mm-hmm. athlete, to, to ultimately go to law school and, and even uh, become an athletic director. And so I really connect with those students who, who are all in, not, not, not just the ones who are high performers, mind you, but the ones who are mm-hmm. just so committed to the craft. That's what I love about the profession. So I want to ask you, right. Coach, to, to, to finish our time together today, why do you coach? I coach because I, I once heard from a wise man, he said, nothing really matters unless you're helping people. Awesome. And I'm so I'm so, I'm such a sports guy, and I'm so in love with the game of basketball. Um, I got to be coached by some great, not just coaches, but great men who cared not only about us as student athletes, but what we turned into. Terry Scott, Sidney um, Carter, Derrick Lewis, yeah, <laughs> and yes. Marco Harris. You know those guys. They 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 just their relationship aspect of it was so great, and they used basketball as a vehicle to show us that there was something else out there that was outside of our own little world in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I just fell in love with the process that they put me through as a player. And I said, you know what? I want to help people the way that these guys help people. And, you know, I started off uh, probably like any kid. I had uh, I had aspirations of being an attorney, which is what my father is. But that was before I was old enough to develop my own perspective. But once it clicked for me, I never wanted to do anything else. And so now to this day, I love teaching life skills and life lessons through the game of basketball. And plus, I get to be around the game I love and be physically active in the process. So I don't even look at it as work. I I hit my, my feet hit the ground every morning with a smile on my face ready to that's get That's awesome, it. man. I thank you for that. They, those guys, I've, I've, I've been mentored by, by a couple of them, and I, I've known the others of them. And, man, they are responsible for, for helping a lot of young, young um, boys become men, if you will. And so I, I love that answer because it not only underscores and connects yourself with what you do, but it also lets us all know the importance of what we do because there are a lot of – young men and women who are watching us. So it's so important that we are our best selves and, and first and foremost for ourselves, for ourselves and for our purpose. So we can execute on that. And also for, for um, our families and then ultimately for those kids who we serve. And so coach, man, I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Tell pops, and the family and everybody down there in Tecumseh, I said, hello, man. I know it's going to be an outstanding year for you and your boys' program. Hey, Coach, I appreciate you inviting me, man, anytime. I'm, I'm glad to speak with you and glad to get some game from you. Awesome, man. Well, that's our show, folks. And uh, until next time, we'll see you. <laughs>